you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to 2 Corinthians, if you would. Uh, pray that, uh, let me get this turned off right here. We pray that uh, you've come this morning to, uh, to, to get, have a blessing. Uh, the Lord put this uh, passage of Scripture on my heart this morning uh, uh, as I was sitting and reading at the, at the bar at the, at the cabin. Uh, I thought about all the things that we're going through today. And when I say today, I mean today's time. I mean what's getting thrown not only as God, to God's people, but at the churches and all that we're dealing with, with all this virus and stuff going around. And there's so much speculation and everything of what caused this and who's responsible for it. So I don't want to look at that this morning. I want to look at what can, who can comfort us during this time that we go through this. You know what? It's all about death. You know, we're all appointed one day that we're going to leave this whole world. It's that we're never going to get out of this world without dying. That's something we can guarantee ourselves on. So I think we need to look at that picture more than we're looking about what the cause is. Let's look at the cure. I know a great physician that's in heaven today that can cure us of all that's going on in our lives, no matter what it might be, whether it be COVID or, or cancer or addiction to either drugs or, or alcohol or anything else that you're going through in your everyday walk of life. I know a comforter in heaven that can comfort us for all that's going on. But what we've got to do, we have got to get on a one-on-one -on -one basis with the one that is our comforter. Amen. We have got to get to the place in our life that we know without a shadow of doubt that there's a God in heaven will someday cure us of what's going on in our life. Now, I know we might be sitting down on our knees and praying each and every night, and there may not be nothing going on, Brother Dean, but let me tell you something. If you believe and you've got the faith to know that God answers prayers, if you'll continue with no fast and steadfast and all that you do, God will answer your prayer. Amen. And it won't be on our time. We're an impatient people, but it'll be on God's time. And it'll be on time, believe it or not. And I know that all that's going on in the world today, we have got to find a comforter that we can put our trust and faith in. You know, we live in a lost and dying world, believe it or not. I was talking about in Sunday school today how, how 65 percent of Christians today, those that have been saved by the marvelous grace of God, only attends church today. And something like 42% of them only attends on Sunday morning. Now, what's wrong with that picture? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. We're not getting ourselves into the place where God can reach out and touch our hearts. We're not getting to the place where we can congregate as God's children and with our brothers and sisters to get us to the point to where He can comfort us in our time of need. We're missing out on that. We talk about how, how God can pinpoint his, his, his wrath on his people, if it may. And we've read know throughout time how, how God destroyed the children of Israel so many times for their unfaithfulness and all that they've done. And how he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for the sin that they were living. Couldn't find a more righteous people there, the Bible says. So he destroyed them. Well, let me tell you something. He pinpointed his judgment in those days. And today, he can pinpoint his judgment today. Listen, we are living in a nation 
nation that's lost and dying in her sin and they're turning their backs on God. They don't fear God no more. Well, let me tell you something. We need to have reverence for God in heaven because He is the one and the only one that can get you to where we need to be, can fix all that's going on in your life, can be your salvation, and can be your comforter in your time of need. He's the one that can do that. But we have got to put our trust and faith in Him. We have got to know that, that through Him we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Right, we can do them. Yeah. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Now this is 2 Corinthians as we're looking at, but this is the fourth letter that the Apostle Paul has written to the church of Corinth. And he's writing this letter for the main fact and for the sole purpose of letting them know who their comforter is. So I'm going to read and then I want everybody to stand in reading a reverence of God's Word, if you will, if you're able. If not, he understands. But, but I think that's one of the things that we need to give God reverence for. So in the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, we're going to read the first seven verses, if you will. It reads, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, and to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are at Archadia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I could stop reading right there this morning and I could make my point and I could preach a good hour on that if I needed to because he wants us to see that, that, that grace be to each and every one of us and peace from God our Father. That's what we're needing here today, church. He said, Blessed to God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comfort us in all of our tribulations that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is, our, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope is this. Our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Father, thank you so much for the reading of your scriptures. I pray that we can apply them to our lives here today and, and leave here knowing that who our comforter is in our time of need when we call upon your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul is writing the fourth letter to the church of Corinth. And he's, with his, he's writing to his dear friend Timothy and, 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 his, and one of his ministers uh, 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 into the church. Uh, and he wants them to understand uh, who your comforter can be in your time of need. Now, 
there's many things in our life that we call upon God's name this morning. If you're, if you're God's children, uh, you should call upon God's name every day. Uh, I pray that you do. If you don't, you're falling just a little bit short of where you need to be in your worship. Uh, you need to get in your Bible a little bit. Uh, but you need to call upon the name of God each and every day. If it's nothing else, say, God, I thank you for allowing me to get up this morning and be able to enjoy this beautiful weather, uh, this beautiful fall day that we're blessed with, uh, knowing that so many of us have been waiting for for this kind of weather to get out of this hot weather days that, that we can enjoy what go, of our life and what's going on. So you need to be thanking God in heaven for that. And if you just thank Him and acknowledge Him for all that He does, He'll comfort you. He says uh, the Apostle Paul writes because he, 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 it's still today he knows and cares about God's people. That's what this is all about. God cares for His people. And he wants us to know that, that, that no matter what we're going through in our life and no matter what our struggles is today, church, he cares for us. He loves us. He's made us in his image. What more can he do? He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. What more can we ask for him? I, I preached the other day. God's gone as far as he can go with this. He, he has stepped up to the plate and gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's did that for us, for you and I. Now, grant you, we may be 2,500 plus years down the road, but we're still God's people. We're made in his image. Every organ that's in this body today God created, amen? And every child that he's put in the, in the womb of every woman that gets pregnant, now let me tell you something, he has created that, amen? And, they, and when they are conceived, they are a living thing. And I don't want you to forget that this morning, church, that the world will tell you today that he's not conceived until after he's born. Oh, let me tell you something. The Bible tells us he knows us when we is in your mama's womb. And there's no doubt about that. He knew what old Keith Butler life is going to be like. He knew one day that he's going to call my daddy home, that he would have to call him home to get me in a place to where I need to understand what God is all about. People know that the time I went through when, when, when dad was sick in the hospital, I, I was given a, a hospital room to stay in because they knew I wasn't going to go home. I was there for I was there for the long run. We spent 52 days at that hospital, not knowing how to pray. Grant you, I was saved by the marvelous grace of God. And I know that I knew I didn't want to go to hell, but but I wouldn't live in my life for a living Savior. I was a worldly person, if you would, Brother Nathan. And I know that God was working on me during that whole time. He was shaping and forming me into what he would have me to be. I was sitting there praying for, for God to heal my daddy. And I wouldn't see in the big picture. I was saying, Lord, if you just heal my daddy and bring him back home, I want to sell, I want to show him what it did for his house. I want to show him his driveway, how it's been asphalted. I want him to see that. If you'll just heal his body and I can take him home, I, I know he would get a blessing of all that was going on. But see, God had another plan that day. He was healing my daddy, but I didn't know it. Amen. He was getting into the place to where he, if he could heal my daddy, he could cure me of my sickness. And he did. He did. Because he knew where I needed to be. He knew it was time. 
There's many in this church that's went through that journey with me and spent time at the hospital with me. And those that I loved dearly, they knew just how rough that was. But see, I wouldn't call upon the name of the Lord for comfort. I was calling on the name of the Lord for him to heal my daddy. But see, now I know different. He said, blessed is God, blessed be God, even our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. No matter what's going on in your life here this morning, church, you can call upon the name of the Lord to comfort you in your time of need, whether it be at the loss of a loved one or, or sickness that you're going through. Let me tell you something. We don't understand. We don't understand what our school kids are going through. Amen. Those that, that's in school and having to, having to deal with the pressures of not only of, of life itself, but the pressures of that's coming from home, of doing well in school, and, and being able to prosper and make something of yourself. The pressures on their own that they put on herself is so hard on these children that they fall under a state of depression and then we sit back and wonder why. Because the world is just is wearing them out. You know, I remember back when I was a kid, uh, if I brought homework home, my dad wouldn't let me do it. He said, listen, I need you out there in the garden working. If the school work is to be done at school and Annie don't don't, don't, don't go, go home telling your mom and daddy this. Well, I don't tell you, get me in trouble. <laughs> but he wouldn't let us do homework at school. I had to find time of, of when I got to school, if I went to school, uh, to do that homework that was called upon for me to do. Because dad just didn't see eye to eye in homework. Now, I have, our grandchildren has told us that some teachers will not give out homework because they feel the same way. And all I get from them is a smile on their face thinking that they don't have homework to do when they get home. What's going on in, in our lives today? Those who just went out into a lost and dying world, Haley, you're one of them. You've, you graduated school and you're in a workplace and, and you've got other pressures that's on your life. But let me tell you something. When you get at your worst state and you feel like you can't go on no more, i got good news for you. All you got to do is get down here just a little bit closer. You know, Dr. Manning asked me every time I go to the doctor, how come your knees is wore out like that? And I like to look at them like I'm Daniel, like, like, they're, like they're camel's knees, like, that I've pray a lot, but he knows I don't pray that much. I can't pray that much to get my knees in that bad of shape. Brother Ray, you know as well as I do, being a construction worker, you're on your knees a lot. And I knew I wasted time during them days. I should have been praying, but I wouldn't. But let me tell you something. When I hit my knees today, it's for one reason and one reason only. I'm praying to God in heaven because I know he's my comforter in my time of need. And there's going to be a day in my life I'm going to need to call on him one more time to give me the comfort that I need because of what the world and old Satan has dealt out to us. The Bible tells us that the old devil is like a roaring lion. And he's out there to devalue in any way he can. You know, I like to look at it as, as an enclosure around a man's yard, if you would. And I believe the devil runs that fence 24-7. And if he can find any areas in that fence that's broke down and he could penetrate and get to whoever he's trying to get at, he will. And he does. Let me tell you something. We listen too much today of what the world's got to deal us. And they're not telling us what we need to know. They're telling us what we don't know. 
God is the comforter of all our tribulation. All our tribulation that goes on in our life, God is the comforter of that. If you're suffering from things that's going on in your life today, don't turn a deaf ear toward Him. You need to be listening to what God's got to say to you. If you know you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you need to be turning an ear to heaven. Amen? Don't turn a deaf ear to God. That ain't what He wants us to do. Let me tell you something. They may be some pretty good hide-and-go seekers in here. I used to play that all the time when I was a little bitty boy. But you know, I could hide from anybody who was hunting me. Amen? That little fella back there held his hand up. He must be pretty good to that game too. But let me tell you, you can hide all you want to, but to God in heaven, he's going to find you. Amen. There ain't no hiding from him. Just ask Elijah. He tried it in the old mountains and it didn't work. And there is no way you can live in this world and sin today and God not know all about it. He knows what's going on in our lives. You may think that you're hiding and if you're not here today and you're not going to church and you think you might be hiding from people that, that, that knows things about you, let me tell you something. It's not about us. Not about us. It's not for us to judge. One day, we'll stand before him on judgment day and I know it's to judge our rewards here on this earth for the good that his people's done for him. I've preached many a times how we're the mouthpiece of, of our Father in heaven. Without this mouthpiece, without your mouthpiece, we'd be lost and we'd be dying away. Of our nation today, only 65% proclaim to be saved by God in heaven. I wonder how many of that is a feel-good salvation. You know, that's going on in the world today, too. The world is getting saved by feel-good salvation. That just, at that moment, just feels so good. It just, it just, it's just a moment, amen? And I can understand that, but you need, to, they, you need to understand that they need to understand that. Once they get out into the world, they don't need to be pulling that, that save card out and showing to you. I give you a ticket last week. I had an H marked on back of it, amen? And I was wanting you to keep that ticket here because I didn't want the fella next to you to see where your ticket was taking you. But let me tell you something. Every ticket in this church had H on the back of it. And did it stand for heaven or did it stand for Hades? Amen. I don't know. You know if you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God. I know most of you in here today proclaim to know Jesus and has been saved. You have confessed with your mouth and believed with your heart and you've confessed your sins and that's what he have you to do to be saved in this lost and dying world. But see, I can't look inside you like not God can. But you know something? God can look at your heart. You ain't hiding. Ain't no hiding. No, this, this is a game of hide and go seek. You ain't going to win. There is no not hiding from God in heaven. But see, he gives us an answer for all that's going on in our lives, in our workplaces, and in our homes, in our churches. You know, there's some churches out here that's teaching their own doctrine. They're not, they're not teaching God's doctrine no more. And I wonder how that's going for them. You heard me talk about it a little bit earlier about 
that being a feel-good salvation, how, how if you feel good and you, and you believe there's more than one way to get to heaven, they'll, they'll preach that to you, amen? There is, pe- there is pastors and preachers on TV today that will preach that there's more than one way to get to heaven. But I tell you what, my Bible only tells me that there's one way, and that's through the blood of Jesus, amen? That there's no way to, to the Father in heaven except through me, and that's Christ Jesus. But they'll tell you that, listen, your good works will get you to heaven, Brother Tony. If you're a good old feller and you do good in your life and you don't knock down little old women when they cross the street or, or, or run over animals when they get out of the road, if you're a good feller, you'll go to heaven. Well, let me tell you something. If you have not been saved by the marvelous grace of God, it don't matter how good your works are here on this world today, they will not get you to heaven. Now, they'll follow you to heaven, but they won't get you there. Our world don't understand that. And, and that's why we preach what we preach. Listen, you need to understand this good, feel-good salvation and this good work stuff that people are telling you is not the ticket. There's only one ticket that you can buy that's going to get you to heaven, and that's through the blood of Jesus. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth and said, listen, uh, uh, it says, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation or sufferings also aboundeth by Christ. In other words, listen, he's already suffered everything we're going to suffer here in this world. And he's paid the ultimate price. Now, let me tell you something. When he was kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane on his way to the cross, don't you think he wasn't going through a rough time? Oh, let me tell you something. The Bible tells us that when he knelt there, they said his, his sweat was just like blood when it dripped and hit the ground. And I know he was struggling at that time. He was asking his Father in heaven, listen, if it be that I will let this cup pass by me. I don't know if I can do this or not, Brother Clarence. I don't know if I can go to the cross and pay the price of his sins. But let me tell you something. He minded his father and he did what his father had him to do. And because of that, he's sitting on the right hand of the throne this morning. Waiting for that nudge. Go get my church. That's all they're doing. They're waiting on to go get his church. And if you don't have your affairs in order, you're in bad shape. Because yeah. that ticket that I so graciously handed out last week is not going to get you to heaven. If you look real close, there's an expiration date on that. And that's the day you leave this world. I cannot tell you the importance it is to come to know Christ from the free far and the sin. I can preach how God loves each and every one of us and because of His love, he gave his son for us. Right. Now listen, this is not a fairy tale. This is, this is not make-believe. This is the real deal. I know our, our society today will tell us that, 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 that the Bible isn't what it claims to be. Well, let me tell you something. Show me different. You can't. There are some philosophers out there to say that, that there is no heaven. Well, let me tell you something. Show me that there's not. Bible tells me that I'm going to receive a glorified soul when I leave this world and a glorified body. And they're going to say the dead in Christ is going to rise first and those that are left behind will follow thereafter. If we believe in Jesus, this poor old worn out body and these old rough looking knees will be no more. I'll have a glorified body. And I, you know, I look forward to that day to see what that glorified body looks like. There's those that went on before us that that's experiencing that today. And I can't wait 
till one day he calls me home. See, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing what I do today. That I'm trying to get everything took care of here on earth to, to sort of get me ready to get to heaven. See, I started way, way behind schedule. And I told Tim Inkelberg, I said, Tim, I said, I'll tell you, I got into this pretty late in life. I said, I've got to study three times as hard to get to where you're even at today. And I said, I have got to, I have got to apply myself more than a lot of people that, that was raised in church and, and, and had that time in church. You understand, there was a 40-year period right there, Brother Clarence, that I missed out on church. I was chasing around a young boy, hitting a baseball around all over the southeast United States and all over the north. We were, we were chasing a baseball. And I wasn't going to church. But I was saved. See, I knew as a young child that I didn't want to go to hell. And I was ignorant at that time because I didn't know the particulars of it. But I do today. I know all about it. And because he saved me, he took care of me until it come to the point to where I rededicated my life and started serving him. That's all we got to do. Just rededicate your life and serve him. He said, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Let me tell you something. When we're down in our valleys, don't you like to be comforted? Do you, do you not want to call on somebody that can comfort you in your time of need? Now, I know when we're up here on a mountaintop and things are going good, we sort of forget what's got us to that point. We lose track of the person that got us on top of the mountain. Because the Bible, there's a song written that God on the mountain is, is, is still the same God in the valley. And He is. He wants us to acknowledge Him in all that we do, no matter what we do. Because that is His only desire that He wants from His people, that we acknowledge the name of God in heaven. And if you believe in the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, you've already, you've already got your uh, place already started in life, knowing that where you can go uh, when you leave this old world. In the seventh verse, he tells us how God knows our pain. And he does. He says, it's our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, which we all are, there's no doubt in my mind Today, everybody in this church has, is suffering from something that's dragging you down in your everyday walk of life, no matter what it is. It may be an illness or, or, or just an old ache in the shoulder that ain't going good, or, or it may be something that the old devil's got a good hold on you. And, and, and you're doing something that, that, that you can't resist, and, and, and knowing that if you don't resist it, what place it's going to get you to uh, if you don't resist the devil? Let me tell you something. The devil comes in many shapes, forms, and sizes. He could be something that you sniff up your nose, or, or, or you drink, or, or you inject, or anything. See, he knows how the old devil is taking care of his world today. I worked on campus for, for 12 years building buildings down there. And I seen, 
all the different denominations. I was, I was up there on Fred Brown. I was building a housing project up there uh, for housing for the, for the students. And I was up there where all of the denominations of the churches was. They was, uh, 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 let's see, uh, they was a Baptist up there, and a Catholic, a Presbyterian, and a Methodist. But there was another one up there that troubled me aside. It was atheists. Right there in the midst of all the denominations of the church, which one of them do you think had the largest gathering? Yeah. You, ding, 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 ding. You won yourself a cigar. As I stood up there in my office trailer and I could look up there and see them people, I, it troubled me knowing that how these children, our kids that were sending off to school, uh, hoping that they can get an education to better their lives and, and be able to move forward with what's going on, there is people at that university that's teaching them that there is no God. And there's people that's listening. Do you believe there's a God? Well, no, not really. Why not? Well, I just said something I just don't believe in. Well, what do you believe in? Well, don't believe in nothing. Well, where are you going to go when you die in this world? Well, I'm just going to go back, just go to the ground, I reckon. And I said, do you think that's it? They said, yay. And I said, let me tell you something. <laughs> and some prophet had to write this on the bathroom wall because I read it at the University of Tennessee in one of the bathrooms down there. And I was sitting there in the restroom. It read simply this. I'd rather serve my life and live my life for the Lord and finding out in the end that there's not one or to live my life not believing that there's one and finding out in the end that there is one. Oh, let me tell you something, what a tragedy that would be, knowing that you live your life not believing in God. And, and on Judgment Day, you've got to stand before Him knowing what His judgment's going to be. And there ain't nothing He's going to be able to do about it. It's already written in stone. It's already paved the way for those who don't believe. Those who don't believe will spend eternity one day, just like we will. But they're going to be a whole lot further away than I'm going to be, Brother Dean. They're going to be in Hades. A lot of people call it hell. Call whatever you want to. What I'm telling you is this. You are not going to be in the midst of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one that saved us from the free pardon of sin. You are going to be no worse to be seen. Nowhere. What's it going to look like, Pastor? I can't tell you. If you read in Revelations, uh, it talks about the streets of gold and gates of pearl and all that other good stuff. Uh, I pray that Dad's up there on, uh, on Gold Street today. He already got me a place picked out ready for me to come home. But I don't know that. I don't know that. But I do know that there's a place for us. Because Jesus told his disciples, if I go away, I'll come back. But he goes to prepare a place for us that we would have a place to go when we leave this so wretched world. We talked about in Sunday school this morning, could God pinpoint his rap on his people in certain places? Sure could. And not, and not suffer the rest of the world? Sure can. Like I say, he did it to Sodom and Gomorrah when he, when, when he, when he had to put down the children of Israel time after time for their disobedience and, and, and not obeying him. Uh, he did it for a reason. Uh, he took out a generation. When Moses led God's people out of Egypt, 
and because of their disobedience and because of their complaining and all that they were doing, and I can, I can imagine what poor Moses is going through. I wouldn't want to have had his job for nothing. I would have sent a lot of them down the road, amen, kicking a can if we had one, but they probably wouldn't one back in those days, so I'd have them kicking a rock. But I could understand what Moses was going through with all the belly aching and all the complaining and all this and that and saying there is no more God no more. There's nobody going to take care of us no more. Why do you think he took out a generation? Because of what was going on in his people. Because they were disobedient. He had just saved them from labor. Hard labor. I know we've all seen the movie Ten Commandments where they sit there making bricks by stepping in that mud, throwing that straw in there. That's how they did it back in the old days. And they were people in bondage doing that. But God sent a messenger to lead them out of there. And once he led them and got them out of there, it was game on. They They just went astray. See, God did a lot of things in the Scriptures that if you've read the Scriptures, you'll know how, not only how He loves His people, but how He depends on things from His people. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, listen, he says, For we would not, brethren, have you be ignorant of our trouble. In other words, listen, I need you to understand today what our consequences are going to be. And I need you to understand that yes, there is a God in heaven. And yes, He does love us. And they'll say, well, why does God send somebody to hell? Well, I've got the answer for that one. He don't send nobody to hell. That's your own choice. And that's what they look at, Brother Dean. If your God is so good, why is He so hard on His people? Well, let me tell you something. Why are we so hard on Him? Why do we turn our back on Him each and every day of our lives, knowing that we're not doing the things, even those of us that claims to be saved by the marvelous grace of God aren't living like we need to. I fall short of God's glory every single day and I need to ask him for his forgiveness but there are those in our world today that has turned their back on him and don't believe in him whatsoever. How do you touch those? We have got to tell them about Jesus. How He's God reincarnated, and it was sin in this world to, to pay the price of our sins. And if you'll just depend on Him and, 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 and rely on Him to, to be your comforter, He can in your time of need. Right. If you'll just rely on Him. Amen. Let me tell you, here in this fourth letter, letter to, to the church of Corinth, he was trying to get them to understand, listen, one thing about suffering that we need to understand is simply this. It tells us that we can't save ourselves. We can't do that. There's not but one way to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. And that's the message that John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness. Repent. Tell the people the good news of what God in heaven is all about. Let me tell you something. There's a beautiful place one day that we're all going to be. And the Bible tells us that there ain't no more sickness and no more sorrows. No more pain, but most of all, there's no more darkness. No more darkness. There'll be no need for it because light will conquer all. And what's that going to look like? I don't know, but I'll find out one day (laughs) because he has made me that promise. 
Because in my time of need, when I needed comforted, he touched my heart. Just like he can touch yours if you'll just rely on him. Turn it over to Jesus. He can make things better in your life. Is it a tough road to travel? Probably for some, but not for most. All you got to do is just be obedient in serving him. Uh, listen, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church of Corinth to let them know that there's a comforter out there for you. Listen, church, I need to tell you this morning, there's a comforter out there for you. And no matter what you're going through in your life, just call upon the name of Jesus. And he'll save you. See, he is a negotiator to God. You've got to talk to Jesus to talk to God. He's our intercessor, the Bible tells us. He tells us he's sitting on the right hand of the throne today. One day, we're going to look upon it. Cheryl, if you would come up and, and, and give us a, a sort of an invitation song. I've about wrapped this up this morning. The Apostle Paul would want us to know this. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. The testimony of our conscience. Let me tell you something. If you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God, you have a testimony. And it's just like the grains of sand that's on our beaches. There ain't none of them alike. Dean, my testimony's not like yours. Tony, mine's not like yours. Nathan, nobody. My testimony is like nobody's here today. But they're all the same. Because we have acknowledged the name of Jesus that's gave us our testimony. Some of us got there a little bit different than others, but we've got one. And if you don't have a testimony here this morning, I need to ask you, have you been saved? Do you know Jesus from the free pardon of sin? Listen, when, when people stands up and tells their testimony, it's not something that they have to do. It's something that they love to do because we've acquired something that we've, that we've longed for in our life. Yes, my testimony was simply this. I tell people about the road that Christ took me on to get me to where I am here today. The price that I had to pay, the loss of my dad to get me here. Yes, I could have took the low road, but Nathan, I took the high road. Because I knew it meant something to my mom and dad. And I know they sat there in that seat time after time and prayed for me. Please, God, get my son in church. Please, Lord, if it be thy will, I call upon the name of Jesus, the Lord of all comforters. If you save my two boys and get them in church, oh, that's all I'm asking for. And then you can take me home. God answers prayers. God answers prayers. As they sing, if, if there's something you need to come pray about this morning, come on, let's, let us pray with you. If you're worried about social distancing, praise God, we'll stand away from you and we'll pray. Because the one thing that I can do for everybody here this morning, I can pray for you. If you ain't got nothing to pray for this morning, church, pray for this old boy right here. Man, your pastor desires your prayers and all that he does. Those that, uh, Brother Ray has stood behind the pulpit for, for so many decades preaching the gospel, preaching to the church uh, where my papa was uh, preached at at one time. Uh, I attended church uh, at Warwick's Chapel Baptist Church uh, when I was a wee one, if you would, uh, going to Bible school. Uh, and I know that the seed was planted then, knowing that there was another way. Do you know that way today? Let's stand if you would.
The Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, author says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you, with many tears. Church, I preached to you this morning with many tears. And it's not out of anguish or affliction, but it's what the Apostle Paul wrote right here. It's simply this. Not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly for you. Church, I love you with all my heart. But my love for you is nothing compared to our God in heaven, His love for you, and how He feels about each and every one of you. If you have something going on in your life, call upon the name of God. If I hit your knees and through the name of Jesus Christ, He will be your intercessor if you'll let Him. If you'll let Him.